2: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Go Blue with Stu podcast. I'm your host, Stuart Douglas. We're solo today again. Had a few guests fall through once again, uh, but I got some guests lined up for the upcoming weeks. Should be good. So stay tuned for that. I'm excited for that. We're going to break down the craziness that is Michigan basketball in the last couple of weeks. They're finding their footing, and people are up and down on them. Um and, and I have been, too, watching them a little bit. But they have the talent there, and they've been shown in the last couple of games against Penn State and Maryland. Central Michigan game, is it a fluke? No, I don't think it's a fluke. I think it shows what their weaknesses are in certain areas, and sometimes those just compound in, into one game, into a bad loss. Uh, we'll break that down kind of game by game. And I want to get into the good stuff, because they, they look really good and I really like what they're doing the last couple of games. But – We'll start with the bad, kind of get that out of the way. That is Central Michigan. You know, there's a lot of things to talk about watching that game. It was probably frustrating for a fan. Like, you watch the game and you just saw that Michigan was – Central Michigan just wasn't on the same level talent-wise. It wasn't even close. Like, Reggie Bass was their point guard, and it was frustrating every time the ball went in the hoop for him. And, of course, he has to hit that tough three – when him and Doug have been jawing for basically most of the second half, and he has to hit that shot on Doug. That's just annoying as hell. He's like three for 12 or something. I don't know what he was from three, but it wasn't great. And he's got to be the one that, that hits the dagger. That's just kind of how that, that's how some of those nights go. But the game was basically CMU playing junk and just hanging around and Michigan not being able to separate themselves. But it was all up to Michigan, which is, it's a, that's a good way to lose instead of just being absolutely dominated, uh, kind of like how they were against UNC in a lot of ways, even though that game was close at the end. But they were, you know, these kind of things can be glass half full because they're very correctable. You start off the game, and first, Central Michigan doesn't have their top score. So, you can see right away that they're kind of lost offensively, but defensively they get into that, that zone. And it's kind of a junkie zone. It's matchup. It's high in a lot of ways. And you th- would think that Michigan would be able to get some post touches for Hunter, you know, with some movement, but they really weren't at all. And it was really kind of frustrating to watch. They kept putting him high and he kept kind of floating up towards the free throw line and then setting screens. There was no really plan of attack. They, they start up the game scoring really well, um, broke the press for a jet dunk. I think then another Kobe layup and a jet three. Yeah, it was out of bounds play for a jet three, and the next play a Kobe layup to start off 7-0. They look like they're going to dominate this team completely, and they can't handle it. Well, CMU just stays in that zone, and sure enough, Michigan has ran their sets against it. And now CMU knows exactly what they're doing. And there's really no ball movement. Like the entire time, why that, why their offense stalled was because they kept running the ball screen. Doug would have it on one of the wings, usually the left wing, so he could use his right hand to go towards the top of the key. And when you do that, when you set that screen, you have one of the top guys in the two, three guarding the ball, right? And then you have the other guy on the top of the zone right there basically at the top of the key. So it's just a switch. Like Hunter is now setting a screen into a guard to guard switch. There's no big that has to hedge that. There's like really not much movement there. Now, what CMU is doing, they're kind of bringing the big, the center of the zone up a little bit to help, like maybe on some penetration, but really just kind of a guard to guard switch defensively for them. And then Michigan really wasn't moving the ball and punishing them by, you know, hitting it quick to that strong side coming off that screen there just wasn't a lot of movement there with, with with some of those zones you have to I mean you can run your sets um you know that kind of gets tricky you have to feel it out how they're going to play it because every junk zone is a little different you can run your man-to-man sets a little bit and kind of see how they're going to react what you can't do is just run the same play over and over and over again because then they just figured out all the rotations like Zone has everything to do with rotations. Definitely man to man does, but zone is very like specific rotations, right? It's like, okay, when the guard is at this spot on the court, you know, the you know, the you or the top guy, the top right guy has to take it. And then when they swing, swing, the bottom wing has to help up a little bit, and then you rotate back when he swings to the corner. So it's all kind of in unison there. And what you try and do with any zone is just throw them through a loop trying to get them to be moving at all times. And eventually there's going to be a spot where one guy has to overhelp and then his space that he's usually guarding is empty. And Michigan just didn't do that. They just kind of held the ball and they just kept running ball screen stuff. If they would have moved the ball around, if they simply just, all right, we're going to throw it to the right corner. Let's say Doug starts on the right wing, you throw it to the right corner, throw it back, throw it to the top of the key, throw it to the left wing. Hunter gets a post up on the other side, a lot more open instead of just, him just floating with his hands up in the lane at 10 feet, and then you're just kind of looking at him, dribbling the ball at the top of the key, and you got four CMU guys, you know, one guy guarding the ball and four CMU guys ready to be like, all right, we know exactly what's going to happen if he throws the telegraphs his pass into Hunter at 10 feet. So it really wasn't – they didn't make it difficult on Central Michigan at all, and I didn't – you know, you run junk defenses because you're not good at defense. Like, that's just how it is. You don't have the – matchup capabilities and you got to find a unique way to punish teams like that. And I think some of that's on, you know, preparing for a defense like that. Sometimes you don't, you don't know how they're going to play it. They did play it the game before, so they knew that they're going to face some zone um, and I'll get back to some of the set stuff, but I think you see the difference with Hunter. And I think it starts with Hunter. And I think Hunter has got to be the leader out there He's the most experienced, most accomplished player out there. Um, one of the old, the oldest player out there, right? Isn't he the oldest? That sounds crazy, but, I mean, I was the, the oldest. Me and Zach were the oldest when we were juniors. So, yeah, he, he's, he's got to be demanding the ball in a game like CMU like he did against Maryland, like he did against Penn State. I mean, he just absolutely – dominated and he controlled the game like he was hunter in Penn state and Maryland. He just didn't against central Michigan. And somebody mentioned in a uh, shout out ant, Wright, One of his halftime kind of lounges that he has in the game last night. And they said did, he they asked Ant if he ever had a game like central Michigan that like kickstarted a team. And we have no, if there's two, there's two unique ways that we kind of had one. I think it was my freshman year. We played Savannah state. Uh, shout out savannah that's where i got married so we played savannah state we barely beat them actually novak missed a dunk to win the game in regulation which is pretty funny uh it wasn't funny at the time but it's it's kind of funny now or funny for him i felt bad for him at the time but missed a dunk and then we barely won because pd Deshaun sims was just killing it we the rest of the team we were just horrible and that was a bit of a wake-up call for us but we escaped with a win there another one was my junior year um, we're one in four in the big time, one in five or something like that. And we, or no one and four, we face Minnesota and we should have killed Minnesota. They were horrible. Um, I think that was Hoff Harbor back then, or maybe he was, maybe he was gone. I don't know. That team was not very good and we lost to them. And that was a huge wake up call. That was a coming to Jesus moment. We had a whole team meeting powwow. I think like they did, like I hear they did against central Michigan and we just changed. We looked in ourselves instead of pointing the fingers at other people. And when we start taking responsibility for ourselves is when everything changed. And I think, I don't know if that's what it was, but I definitely see a difference with Hunter where he, in the Maryland game, he got back to his ways. There was a possession there where he was coming down the court. It was kind of a soft break and Kobe was bringing up the left side and Terrence was in the left corner, strong side and Hunter was kind of at the the top of the key and he was pointing at kobe even before he posted up kobe, pointing at kobe to pass the ball to terrence so he could post up and he passed kobe passed the ball to terrence and terrence the man actually like slouched off because he was trying to discourage the um passing of the post and terrence actually shot a three aggressive i loved it and it went in it was great that was like that started out the game they were up 2-0 and i think that that put him up 5-0. But I hadn't seen Hunter do that that distinctly, like that aggressive in a while. And we saw that a lot last year. We saw that a lot even the year before. (laughs) His freshman year, he was out there pointing to guys, like pointing to the point guard, like, all right, pass it there, I'm going to set a screen there. Or like, you come over here, I'm going to set a screen here, or pass it there, I'm going to go post up. He was directing traffic in a lot of ways as a center, and I think he's gotten away from that because when you get in the junk zone, everyone starts looking at each other like, what should we do? You know we don't have a set for this, but you do like just play basketball, like, just be yourself. And that's the beauty of a junk zone is that that it makes it discourages guys from their normal game because when you get in college, you think, okay, we have we have a set for this. And then when you, you don't have a lot of sets for it or a lot of base offense for it that you love, you know, it makes guys start to question themselves. And we've seen Hunter question himself, I think in the last, you know, UNC a little bit. Uh, Kentucky a little bit and he should it he he's he could he could have killed in those games and he's getting back to his confident ways of controlling the game even though you know you know he didn't have 20 points last night like he's putting so much pressure on the defense when he's aggressive causing fouls like causing guys to foul out oh, i mean how many times have guys been in foul trouble trying to guard him the last two games it's like multiple guys per team in foul trouble trying to guard him that's massive. When you're going to your ninth guy on the bench, that throws a wrench in what you can do. It throws a wrench in how you perform offensively, like fluidly, efficiently. It performs, if, it, excuse me, affects your performance on defense, overall, like efficiency. And all it takes is one step. I've said this before. All it takes is one step defensively. It all it takes is like a little delay on offense to throw a wrench in your plans. And that ninth guy is not doing it as well as the, the starting center. That's just, probably not going to happen. If it is, then that guy should be starting. So that's it. that's huge in and of itself, let alone the scoring and the passing um, and all the other things that it comes with.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data, And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Wire. Just go to Indeed.com slash Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
2: The other part, part I want to make, because they're going to see more zone. I mean, the Big Ten not as much but i could see like i don't know i i don't think michigan state will do it i could see other teams doing it i don't really know who i doubt wisconsin maybe iowa maybe northwestern for sure they would do it they would throw that at them uh although northwestern's got a big that they think maybe it can match up with our even they can't but they're going to see more zone defense and maybe more matchup junky stuff and they ran one set where instead of running a ball screen with the Point guard starting at the left wing and going towards the middle. They started it from the top of the key and they went towards the side. They kind of went down the lane line. They tried to like <clears throat> go down the lane on the right side, like not towards the corner, but like turn the corner around, like towards the wing, but then like turn the corner to, to get into the paint. And you put pressure on. So this is different. Think about this. When you set a screen, you have two guys at the top of the zone. Okay. And you can set a screen on the outside of them, like going towards the wing. Who has to help on that? Well, the corner, the wing on the bottom that is supposed to be guarding the corner is supposed to help up on that. So if you get that guy to help up, then who do you have in the corner? Well, you go towards jet side. Now you have a jet on the corner or you put Joey Baker and you got Joey Baker in the corner there. Well, they weren't, when when Michigan was running that type of ball screen, they weren't helping off of the corner because the shooters were too good. And then you could see Doug get in there about 12 feet wide open jumper. I think there's some other variations where a hunter should be on the backside and then you make the big step up because then he, that's his responsibility to guard the point guard, whatever. There's some variations there, but they, they started to do a little bit and then they just kind of kept going after and after and after. And it just kind of didn't work out. They, they eventually attacked it a little better in the second half and they just kind of missed shots. I think jet was like, Oh, for five in the last 10 minutes from three, which not like him, um, you know, didn't he shot like three for 11 from three Uh, that's my dog carol if you can hear so oh for five you know it's just not like them they attack pretty well but overall i thought that they kind of figured it out and then the last part is that they they should be able to have some variation like they've we've talked about them having variation in their offense with man well when doug went out kobe was in and kobe was a game changer i mean kobe kept him in that game kobe does a lot of things that also don't show up on the stat sheet. He is the most aggressive by far attacking the paint. I mean, Doug does a good job of penetrating in in the defense, but he doesn't get as deep as Kobe and has a straight line. Um, Doug is just a little different, and he does a lot of good things, but Kobe is very much like, all right, I'm getting to the paint here, and I'm I'm taking this baseline no matter what super aggressive. There was a point in the game last night. They actually missed an out-of-bounds call that Kobe stepped out of bounds, but he was determined to get to the baseline, and he – ended up making a pass and they scored and it shouldn't have counted. But he's just that determined to get in the paint and score. And when Doug went out, he ran the point guard and he was running the ball screen. And then as soon as Doug came back in, Doug was the only one running the ball screens. And I think that that's on like a coaching staff where you got to have some variation there. Like you should even have Jet be able to uh, run the ball screen up top, you know, because if they're going to run kind of um, slack kind of defense – you know, if Doug was able to get open 15-footers, why couldn't have jet? And so it was uh, – I think it was a learning experience for them. They hadn't quite seen something quite like that. I don't believe I'm trying to think of who else. I mean, they've seen zone, but that was just a little different, and it was all game, um, and they never, like, really matched up into man-to-man unless there was, like, a post-up. But it, it was just very different for them. So I think it was overall a good learning experience. I mean, it sounded like in the interview last night – Joan said they all came in and they talked and kind of figured it out. And every player had their solutions. They came with solutions, is what Joan said. Um, and they, they've looked a lot better. they looked a lot better defensively. They've just been making mistakes. I mean, the amount of offensive rebounds in Central Michigan, that was another thing. Like, there was one possession where guy got fouled in a three, shouldn't have fouled him. He hits the first two free throws. It was Reggie Bass, of all people who can't really shoot all that well. Hits first three throws, misses this third one. CMU gets an offensive rebound off of lazy boxing out, and then they hit a three. Five points on one possession. You just can't have it. That is backbreaking. And there was a lot of times, I don't know how many points they scored off offensive rebounds, but it, you know, cuts down on the amount of Michigan possessions that they have, which bodes well for CMU. It, you know, they scored a lot of points off of it, which bodes well for CMU. So there was a lot of mistakes that happened, not only on rotations, on boxing out, on kind of being a little stagnant offensively, not being aggressive, not sharing the ball quick. And they looked a lot better in Maryland. Now, the Maryland game was interesting, especially if you looked at like a box score, you would have said that, oh, you know, this was just Hunter and it was kind of maybe fluky, even though it was a big, you know, big point differential but that was Hunter like coming in the game and controlling the game from the get-go. Like I said, it was he, he wasn't going to lose. And I think he still could have had like 40, but that's because he's that good. He just wasn't going to lose. He wasn't going to take no for an answer. And the other guys, I think, I think Jet didn't shoot very well. I think Kobe was fine. Um Doug was fine. You know, overall, really didn't matter. And, you know, they just kind of dominated early, so early that it really didn't matter. And in the second half, I mean, I barely even watched the second half. There was not much to see. It kind of, 10 minutes left. It was kind of, it was, just gave up. Michigan did a really good job of keeping their foot on the pedal to start that second half, uh, Hunter in particular, and keep going, not be, not settle, not be happy with where you had it in the first half, which was huge, because that, even you know, 30-point lead, it can turn to, 16 points let's say it turns into 20 points um with like 14 minutes left and you cut that to 10 with 10 minutes left uh or like 15 with 10 minutes left, you just chip away at it. it's really you, they really will never go away so you got to put your throat on them um i just did a really bad job explaining that you, you guys understand that teams can come back i don't know i'm trying to explain dumb math on that but uh overall they improved on a lot of things. I think their box outs were better. They still had a lot of mistakes. I think defensively, they did a good job of discouraging um, young, the point guard for Maryland, the Charlotte transfer was a good score. He was just not a really aggressive at all. There was, I don't know if he just had an off day um, or Doug was just getting into him that much. And Kobe, like they, they bothered him. I think Hunter did, in the last couple of games, he's been hedging a lot better, like more aggressively, where he's cutting off the passing lane, which is huge. You got to use that seven-one frame and those arms to cut off the passing lane, especially against smaller point guards. You got to get in there because as soon as you you don't stay tall, like doesn't matter how tall you are, now you're just like the width of your body is the only, and your head is the only thing blocking the passing lane. And I can pass right around that, so. To be, he was active there. They're just a lot more active now. They're still missing rotations in that Maryland game that were concerning. I mean, there was a lot of open threes that Maryland had. I mean, Maryland just couldn't buy a bucket to start the game. And confidence breeds confidence, and and a lack of confidence breeds a lack of confidence. Like guys were pressing after about that sixth or seventh missed shot in a row, you press, and you guys you're pressing, and then you're like, all right, give me the ball, I'll make it. And then all and all you're thinking about is just forcing up a make. So. I don't it, it was a combo of Michigan playing solid, but also Maryland just having a horrible night. Uh really a horrible night. But they improved. Like overall, they improved from Central Michigan to Maryland with their, you know, help side with their with their uh rotations in particular. Um shout out Joey. I think Joey's really good at foreseeing where the rotations are coming in. I mean, I I would imagine he listen to coach K for four years and coach K is will MF you, uh, hard. If you are not, if you are not playing the exact way that he thinks you should be playing. Um, so he kind of gets it there from, you know, he's the one that honestly boxes out the best out of anybody. He is quick in rotations, quicker than anybody in rotations. He is in help side helping, uh, on the roll man, on ball screens, probably more than anybody. Um, you know, it, Anybody will have a tough time guarding quick point guards on the perimeter, but I think he's done a really good job of being solid defensively and then providing a spark offensively with his three point shot and the spacing, the gravity that he is now demanding with his with his shot that he really has been demanding all year. Um and, and this team overall needs guys like I've always thought this in the Big Ten. in in college basketball in general, you know, you know, we need scoring off the bench. We need the guys off the, off well, if the other team doesn't score for like four minutes, you know, when you got the bench guys in from like, let's say 14 minutes in the first half to 10 minutes, you know, scoring doesn't matter as much. Like if you're all sound defensively, your scoring is going to go up and down. It's going to fluctuate game to game just by making shots, let alone like being talented and efficient. Excuse me. So, I think it's huge for like a, Joe, a guy like Joey to come off the bench and be sound. Now, a guy like Will is super energetic in Central Michigan. I don't know if you guys watched the Big Ten Plus coverage, but the Central Michigan game, they kept calling him Test Cheddar. And I was like, that's – I mean, they, were, they really thought that's what it was. I don't know how they didn't have it, but it was pretty funny. Um, a guy like Will is super high energy, but he's still figuring out, like, the anticipation of rotations and help side and stuff like that. Um, and boxing out, being able to be on help side and find your man and boxing out. It's a real skill, like finding your man when you're in the middle of the paint and the ball, let's say the ball is in the right corner. This is what the drill we used to do all the time. And it's ridiculous. One-on-one drill box out drill, by the way, it's like, it's impossible. And the guy, the ball be in the right corner and you'd be in dead center of the court line. And the you'd be like, all right, we're going to put the shot up with the bubble on the rim OK, so the ball is definitely going to miss. And now you got to go box out the guy. Your guy is in the left corner. And he's running straight at you like a bull and seeing red. And then you got to box him out. You have to find him. So you have to face up to him, find him, then turn your body and put a butt on him. Now, if anybody's going to turn their back to me, I'm just going to lose them like the other way. Right. If you like turn your right, I'm going to go left. You turn your left, I'm going to go right. So it's a real skill. To have, it's really difficult. And I think Joey is the best out on this team so far. So he's valuable in a lot of different ways. I'm just putting it that way.
0: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
2: Um, but overall, some key takeaways, you know, before I wrap this up, that Maryland game was a huge turning point. There's a, a few key stats. One was 15 assists. That was huge. They They really got aggressive they executed and they and they shared the ball like they when you get aggressive and you get in the paint and kobe found in a few times doug like when you start being aggressive and break down the defense is when you're going to get easy baskets and i don't think i've seen hunter get as many easy baskets in a while as he did in the last couple games and that's huge that that is everything you need that like i said before when doug took over point guard I don't really care about mistakes. we were to talk about Doug's efficiency and people worried about it and the stats and all that stuff. And I totally understand it completely. But you have to put pressure on a defense, like because that opens up things for other guys. And you can't just be having Hunter get double teamed the entire time. So they were doing that. And, and I really want to compliment Kobe on that. I think uh, Doug did a really good job of that for sure. And he's doing a really good job, um, you know, trying to control the offense and figure that all out. It is a whirlwind for him. I think Kobe has been so consistent. I mean, in that CMU game the second half, it was him keeping them in the game. I talked about it with Ant Wright and he agreed. Um, well, actually he said it and I agreed. But the point is that he does a lot of different things that even we don't sh- see on the stat sheet aggressively like those hockey assists uh, that people talk about in basketball now. That initial aggressiveness to set up the next pass, set up the next pass. And he's been doing that really, really well. And he's been judging where to go with the ball. Like he's a really good decision maker in time, which is very difficult. It, if, how do I explain this? Not to belittle people, but if you haven't like been in a big game where you have the ball at 10 feet and you kind of are open, but there's like, you have to read the defense, and in real time, you don't know if that big man's going to step up to help, or if somebody's going to step up to help, or if the guy behind you is going to recover, or if the guy behind you is like six seven and he can block your shot, or he's five eleven. It's all kind of feel, and you can mess it up so easy. Like you can just pass the ball and somebody is just standing right there because you think they're going to help up. So in real in time, real time decisions is a very undervalued skill, or it's a very um, under let's say talked about skill i don't really know how to say it. i think you guys understand what i'm saying but he is really good at in time decisions like spur of the moment decisions well, i'm gonna shoot this layup i'm gonna get into the paint i'm just gonna shoot this jumper and he's and he's even when he's gotten in trouble he's been able to get out of it with uh a bit of a like a little lean fadeaway jumper that's been pretty money like his mid-range has been money so whenever something doesn't kind of pan out maybe if he expected something to pan out and it didn't He's been very good at getting out of it or just moving the ball, um, or at least getting up a 10 footer that's not like super difficult for him because he is capable. I mean, well, I know a lot of guys fans watch like guys shoot fadeaways in college and it's gotten less and less and less, but it's it's not a bad shot from from like 10, 12 feet, that fadeaway jumper. Uh to me, that's like the easiest jumper in basketball. That I always loved that. That was my favorite. Um, but Kobe's done really good with that. Um that's one of my key takeaways. I want to get back to the key stats in the Maryland game so 15 assists they only shot 11 threes in that Maryland game which tells you a lot it tells you a lot that Hunter was aggressive and that other guys were cutting off of him uh that Kobe was aggressive getting the paint I mean Jet was more aggressive I think he only shot four threes um compared to the 11 against CMU so they just kind of kept it rolling and 29 free throw attempts. And I don't know how many of that came in the second half. And I should have kept track of that. What was in the first half, but they were just uh, overall, just more aggressive. So you uh, like, basically it comes down, it boils down to that point, right? You're, you're going to get a lot of benefits from being direct and being, making direct decisions. Like as soon as you get on your heels and you're just kind of looking around at each other and you're not attacking and you're popping in a three point line all the time, or you're posting up from 15 feet. Like that's easier for the defense. It's it's so much easier for the defense. So that that's been something that I want to see them continue continue on. Now you're watching the Penn State game, and I mean the cliche was it's a game of runs. I think they mentioned that in the the broadcast, and it literally was just only a game of runs last night in the second half. It was wild to see. They got 14. You're like, all right, put them away now. Keep them. Maybe maybe we won't get it to 20, but. Let's at least keep it around 10 and we'll score some buckets. No, it was your typical college game with confidence, breeds confidence, and like it was like three or four possessions at a time. It was, it was pretty crazy. But they were more direct um there as well on both sides of the ball. They just they weren't making mistakes. And when you cut down on mistakes, there I tweeted about it last night. The one mistake they made was Oh my light went out. All right, we're back. Light light is back on. We're all hooked up. Uh, what I was saying is, again, they were just more direct with everything. They got they shot 25 free throws. Uh, I don't know what they're averaging on the year, but it hasn't been over 20. And, and two games in a row, they're over 20 free throws. And that tells you a lot about how they are running their offense and about how aggressive Hunter has been and how about how aggressive the other guys are feeling. Like, they just really spread it around. I mean, Terrence was efficient, eight points. Hunter, um, relatively efficient. I mean, five and nine for the line. He could do better than that. He could have had 20. He had 17 points, efficient shooting. Kobe, five of 12, one of four from three, but 14 points, six rebounds, five assists. He, again, was just putting pre- – and it was probably like three hockey assists that I saw. So he's really creating a lot there. They I really think they need to get him the ball. I think they really did a really good job. That was one thing they were balanced. I think they were very well balanced between having Doug be aggressive in the pick and roll. Okay, now we're gonna run a handoff for Kobe. Okay, now we're gonna set a pin down for Jet. They were just on it. Like, and the, and I think that comes like it's not like they didn't have those plays before. It is partially and a lot of it is on the players to say, okay, we see this. we actually can take responsibility for this. We don't have to look at Juwan every time down the court to call something. You don't have to do that. That it bothered the hell out of me. Every time Beeline wanted to, you know, call a play, this was early on. And then my junior and senior year, I could do it because I was the second point guard. I wasn't bringing the ball up, but I knew exactly what we, I was watching the game and what we should be running. What, you know, who's hot, where the the mismatches? That's patting myself on the back. But like, that makes the offense way more efficient when you can have that. And when when, when players take responsibility for the offense, now you, you know you can't have you can't listen to Tim Hardaway Jr. You know, say, you know, he's gonna want 20 pin downs in a row. And he, you know, even though Tim was crazy talented, like it's probably just not good for the offense because the defense can just figure it out by that. So, but when you take responsibility for the offense's players, things can change, they can open wide up for you. You you not only are you going to be more aggressive because you're like, you're taking responsibility for it. You're like, okay, this is our play. Like I'm going to, now I know, I know where the spots are here in this play and I'm going to be very precise in my movement. And you saw that with Hunter, there was a couple possessions, you know, especially against a mismatch. Um, I think he's learned how to deal with that this year with a mismatch. You just go, you gotta, you gotta go. Like if you wait around, they're still not moving around the perimeter, around the post up as well as I'd like, but you just gotta go and they're figuring that part out. So that you know, and then J- Jet was fourteen points, four of eleven from two, two of five from three, not bad. Co- uh, Doug was twelve points, four assists, five eleven from two, one of two from three. Check um, got to the free throw line a few times. Some great aggressive moves. Terrace was two for two for five points. Joey was was awesome from three. I just love Joey's aggressiveness. I think having his efficiency on defense and at least just wherewithal and know how on defense and then the aggressiveness on offense at six, eight shooting, there was a couple shots that I thought maybe he didn't have to take, but I don't really care. Like he, he's going to, I think he should be scoring nine points a game, you know, two threes, one game, four threes, another, uh, I think it should be around six or seven, eight, three point attempts a game. um, I really think you have to find him. I really think he's got to be out there and just be, you tell him if you don't shoot when you're open, kind of like, like let's picture Duncan Robinson for the heat, right? They punished him for not shooting. And then what happened? They, they turned out like one of the best, if not best shooting seasons ever uh, from three. Um, And, and, you know, you know, maybe don't tell Duncan to go shoot 12 or uh, Joey to shoot 12 threes a game, but, that's just not, not going to happen. That's not how college basketball works is different, but I, I really do think that you can give him a little more leash there that way. And he has, I mean, they, they've not restricted him at all. Shout out to Jawan. Like they put him in there and they know he's going to shoot and they, I'm pretty sure they tell him like, you got to put it up dude. like, you're 40 plus 40% three point shooter. You got to put it up. That's your role. And you got, you know, you're not playing 25 minutes. Um, you know, maybe he will in a couple of these games because they've been starting to play him with a three. We'll see how that uh, develops, but that, that that's been good. That, that I really like to see that progress the last couple of games because it has been spotty minutes uh, for the first first few games, for the all the games before that. Really, it could go from it went from like fifteen to nine to eighteen to eleven. So, which make, can make a big difference for a shooter and rhythm and you know finding your spots. But those are those are key takeaways there. It's free throws. It's limiting the offensive rebounding from the opposing team. Um, assists last night were fine, 11 assists. Uh, they only had three turnovers. You know, these teams are really trying to force Michigan to play one-on-one and they're and they're punishing him. And that, you know, Kobe's done a really good job with that. Doug, is I mean, his floater last night, his floaters last night were amazing. His floaters were so good that he actually passed up a wide open leg shoot floater. I don't know what he thought. The help side was coming, but he was so automatic with that floater that he just shot it and missed it. Uh But he had a huge floater at the end of the game. Um, I love the floater. I am am in love with the floater. And so to see Doug do that and take advantage of it as a a short guy with kind of no man's land help side defense. So it's against that real time decision. And this is one way you can do it. You get to about 10 feet and you are now the let's say the big is like kind of at the rim He's kind of in between you and Hunter. Okay. You have the ball at 10 feet and you're in the paint and your guy is trying to recover from a ball screen. And the big, the opposing big is in between you and Hunter and he can't really pass it yet. Like you need him to either commit to stay at Hunter or to help up so you can dump it off to Hunter. And, and some guys can get all the way to the rim. Like they're athletic enough. Kobe can kind of be a little slippery, kind of has some fluid slippery movement where you can kind of get to the rim there. But a guy like Doug, who I, I was, you kind of punish those guys. You have to make them come. You're like, all right, you're not going to come up. Like, you're not going to make a decision. I'm I'm not trying to get all that around because this guy's tall and he might block my shot. I'm just going to make the decision for you. I'm going to shoot a floater here at 10 foot. You make enough of those, you, you're going to start getting guys helping up. And as soon as you start helping up, as soon as you get opposing bigs to help up, you always said, this, never help up. Any big guy never help up into the paint, still slide over, stay, st- try and stay ball you man as much as possible. As soon as you get guys helping up, boom, dump off for, for Hunter. Um, easy one, and that's a dunk. You saw a play last night, Kobe got into the paint, big guy helped up the, the like straight up towards the opposing goal, uh, up the lane, and then boom, bounce pass, Hunter, easy dunk. And I haven't seen an easy dunk like that for Hunter in a lot of games, so. Stuff like that has been really fun to watch. And, again, the the mistakes on the other side of the ball. They just really have not been making as many mistakes. There was back-to-back possessions in the first half. I tweeted about it that they get wide open threes. I mean, Jack got a little confused on his own defense, and they got a wide open three. And then they kind of just got stuck in help side. Um, And, again, that hunched over, and they weren't really quick on the rotating on the – pass on the opposite side and they passed. I don't know if they passed too, but it was a wide open three. It just couldn't recover in time because they were anticipating the spots. And that was, you know, a back kind of a momentum killing six Oh run for Penn state. But those mistakes are fixable, which is fun to watch. Like the other mistakes where you can get dominated um, just being dominated on ball screen defense. Those were much improved. Terrace was much improved. Hunter was much more aggressive, not only in the hedge, but in the recovery, Um, so it's, it's, it's fun to watch that because I've been there as a player where you just say to yourself, like, all right, I got to do it. I got to take responsibility for this. This is up to me now to, um, play the right way and be consistent. Like, and it takes a lot of focus. People don't understand how much focus that takes. It takes an unreal amount of focus to be consistent every possession. So they're doing that. They're, they're picking that up three and in big 10 play. And that is awesome. They got Michigan state next. Gonna be. I'm, I'm focused in on ball screen defense. You got Hogard and Walker and what they're gonna do. They made picket last night with Penn State into a scorer, not a passer. I thought that was beautiful. I thought, fine, Pickett, go for thirty. We don't care because the other team, other guys aren't gonna be involved. As soon as you saw Lund getting shots up, uh Volk, is that his name? A white kid that transferred in. Like you don't want those guys shooting a lot of threes because they're gonna make a lot of threes. So. When they were getting involved, that was bad for Michigan. When it was just Pickett playing one on one, even though he was scoring sometimes, it was slowing down their offense. Uh, kind of gets them out of rhythm. I I thought offensively, and it showed with some of their shooting a little bit. But um, it'll be interesting to see how they play Michigan State that way. I don't know actually what Michigan State has shooters wise uh, on the perimeter, but O'Guard is going to be a big one that they're going to have to figure out. They might they're going to go in and out of zone. That is for sure. They got to be efficient with that. They got to tighten that up a little bit, but that'll be my key to watch. And then just to see what Michigan State does with Hunter and how they attack him. I think Kobe's going to – I'd watch Kobe. Kobe's going to be the one that you're going to have to turn to. It's going to be a big environment, loud environment for Doug. Uh, I think he's not going to back down by any means, but I think there's going to be a situation again where you're going you're gonna to need Kobe to just drive and get in the paint. Just go get in the paint and see what happens and be aggressive. So that'll be fun to watch. Pay attention to that game. We'll be back next week, hopefully with some guests, definitely with a guest one way or another. We're going to talk Michigan basketball with somebody out there besides just me. And we will get into it. Watch the Michigan state game. I don't know if the schedule is next week, but we'll be back early next week uh, to break down the Michigan state game. Look forward. Um, and i just talk more, talk more Michigan basketball. So I, pre- I just appreciate everybody listening out there. I love you all. You know, chirp me on Twitter ask me your questions. Um, but if you can subscribe and rate me five stars, my mom would really appreciate it. Uh, she gets sad when it's anything less. So thank you guys. We'll be back next week. See ya.